The Last Word with Matt Cooper. We're going to start today with a report today from The Independent on how the contraceptive pill is going to be available in pharmacies without prescription for the first time. In a moment, pharmacist Kate O'Connell will be with us. But first, we're joined by Gabia Gattavacetia from The Independent, who wrote today's story. So tell us, what idea, please, has Health Minister Stephen Donnelly got in mind? Yes, so Matt, this comes as part of reforms um, to do with pharmacists and it's essentially to give pharmacists a little bit more power and I suppose to take some of that pressure off GPs also. So as you say, pharmacists for the first time will be able to dispense oral contraception without a prescription um, under the laws that are signed off by Cabinet today. So as your listeners will know, currently pharmacists can give the morning after pill without a prescription But the new proposals mean that all oral contraception will be available over the counter. And of course, women aged 17 um, to 30 currently can get free contraception as part of moves that the government made in recent budgets. Um, So comes as part of these revisions under the health uh, bill that the cabinet signed off on today. And it aims to expand the role of pharmacists in Ireland to make it easier for patients to access services. As part of the changes, there will be an expert expert task force which will be set up to support the expansion of pharmacy and will look at minor ailment schemes and independent prescribing. Um, There will be also, I suppose, regulations and preparations put in place for medicine shortages um, which will give the health minister to put in place medicine substitution protocols um, and a wider range of qualified professionals professionals will, will also be able to administer vaccines through amendments to the Irish Medicines Board Act of 1995. And I'll get to all of that with Kate O'Connell in a moment. But Gabby, at the moment, as you say, the contraception, free contraception is available to women aged between 17 to 30. Are there any plans to extend that for uh, older women? Um, or is that an issue that perhaps cost and health budget overruns could lay waste to? I don't think that we're expecting for that, you know, age 30 to be to be increased in next week's budget. Of course, um, you know, when Stephen Donnelly announced this measure, it was in uh, budget 2022, I believe. Um, I think originally the age was 17 to 25, and then in last year's budget they um, extended it to 30. You know, that was a very popular move. I don't. I'm not hearing that there are moves to increase that. Of course, as you speak about, you know, the health budget is overrun as it is without any new measures. And even Tisha Leo Bradker has said, you know, even sort of headline grabbing things like expanding GP cards to, I think it's sixes and sevens can avail of them now to maybe perhaps higher age groups. You know, really all that has been done now. And I think that the issue for uh, the Department of Health and the HSE is to keep going without making too many dents in the pockets um, of the finance ministers. And even, you know, the deficit within the Department of Health, it really is going to have an impact. And when you speak to government sources, of course, politicians, you know, in the lead up to the budget, uh, they do downplay it. But, you know, then they come along and they scrape together the coins they found behind the couch and suddenly everyone's getting a, a, a few goodies in the budget. But, you know, there really are serious concerns about, you know, even just now we're seeing that the Exchequer Results Corporation taxes are not 
um, as estimated for the second month in a row. You know, we do have the money there, but perhaps not as much as we may expect. The public sector pay deal as well is something that ministers are trying to keep in mind. Um, that will start Negotiations on that will start in the coming weeks and months. So even though it won't be part of the budget, it's something that has to be kept in mind of. And of course, that will be a core increase as well. OK, stay there, Gabia, please. I want to bring in Kate O'Connell, the former Fine Gael TD, who, of course, is a working pharmacist. Uh, Kate, thank you very much for joining us. So at present, under the free contraception scheme for women, do they still have to go to a doctor to get a prescription before coming to the pharmacist to get their free medication? Good afternoon, Matt, and good afternoon, Gabby. Yes, um, there is a requirement for prescription. However, and we have been able to supply the morning after um, a form of contraception without a prescription for some time. And there is wide access to that that has been developed over the years. So this would be a move um, towards having contraceptions, contraceptives provided to that age group without the need for a GP. Um, obviously, there would have to be correct protocols put in place and pharmacists would need educational support to roll this out. But it's progressive and it's something that pharmacists will welcome. And we'd hope um, that free contraception, I would hope that free contraception is expanded beyond the 30-year um, barrier, as it were, as this was a key recommendation um, of the Eighth Amendment Committee back in the day. So, But this is actually um, in line with Slaunch Care and it's about universal access and it's about barrier-free access to contraception, but also the task force that's in place will look to um, expand um, the wider role of pharmacists with, with regard to prescribing. Um, and also the um, institution protocol is welcome that will help pharmacists um, reduce fragmentation in care when it comes to supply issues that we've seen in recent years. Kate, there's a very interesting message from a listener who says, I always thought pharmacists giving out the pill was a good idea until I became one of the people to suffer a blood clot from oral contraception. I had no risk factors and was deemed an ideal person to take the pill. I have lasting issues since my DVT, permanent vascular insufficiency on blood thinners for life. I think we need to be careful when prescribing the pill and monitoring those on it. Because wasn't that always the argument for years that it should be something done by a doctor first, the first prescription, rather than being able to go into a pharmacist and just pick it up as if it was an over-the-counter product? And absolutely, there had to be protocols in place and pharmacists are now, many pharmacists are trained to competently take blood pressure and go through the relevant questions. Um, there is a value, obviously, in that face-to-face consult with a GP, but also that can be provided to some extent within the, pharmac- within the community pharmacy. What we've seen, actually, in recent years is prescriptions been issued online without any interface with a GP. So my view would be, as a pharmacist, where I know my community... I have regular customers, I have people I've known since, the women that I've known since they were young girls, right up through adulthood, and that we'd be able to provide that service in the community. But have that capacity to refer to a GP where necessary, and then also advise patients and counsel patients how to deal with potential side effects and educate them as to the risks, and let them decide on the best form of contraception that is suitable for them at a particular period in their life. Kate, there's been an argument made that an awful lot of things that are done by GPs at present should be outsourced to the pharmacists to take a lot of the pressure off overstretched GPs. But are there enough pharmacists available to actually do that? Because you also hear of a lot of pharmacies struggling to fill vacancies and having to go for expensive locums who move from pharmacy to pharmacy and who don't develop that knowing relationship with the customers. 
Yeah, that has been a challenge. It's always been a challenge in community pharmacy, but it has been a very, very serious challenge in recent years, with COVID probably being a big factor there. There are workforce challenges within community pharmacy, um, but like that, there can be efficiencies within the system. The, the unique patient identifier would be a start. I mean, the amount of time spent dealing, finding out who is who and, and, and contacting GPs and hospitals, that would really speed things up first. And also in terms of there are historically multiple schemes under which people access medicines and these pathways can be complicated. Um, and, you know, in, to some extent, pharmacists that migrate around the system may not gain the, the knowledge that's required to deliver. But like that, this by providing the correct with environments in which to employ people and by providing working opportunities for people, you can build a competent workforce. And pharmacists have in the past stepped up to the challenge. And we proved during COVID that we were able to keep the doors open, that we bridged that gap when people were stuck for healthcare. And often at the weekend, the pharmacy is the only place you can go except A&E at a point in time. And we want to be able to safely provide care um, in those times as well. Okay, listener says, oh, that's great. Your sex life is over at 30 because you've no free contraception for after that age. And uh, another one suggests, why can't women get free condoms and give them to their male partners? Now, you could say the male partners should take on the responsibility themselves to get the condoms. But are, are there free condoms available, Kate, in pharmacies, given that they are known to be a barrier against infection as well as a contraception? Yeah, and we have a, a, a rise in, in the um, amount of um, sexually transmitted infections in recent years. My understanding is the HSC, I remember at the time Simon Harris was Minister for Health, there was a, an amount, a tender put out for a certain amount of HSC-branded condoms. I'm not sure if that tender remained in place. I know they're readily available at Freshers Week. Um, my understanding is pharmacies can... Um, have sort of like free baskets of these available, um, but I'm not sure if that tender um, remained um, after after the initial promise. Okay, and I'm going to stick with you, Kate, before I go back to Gabia. A listener says HRT should also be free. It literally stops women from losing their minds. Is that something else that should be done in uh, assisting women in their reproductive and sexual health and their general health? Well, I mean, women's contraceptive needs and hormonal needs and change throughout their life. And my, my view at the minute is that um, certain, definitely a woman would need that expertise of a pharmacist or of a GP in, and blood testing to be done often to confirm menopause and the initiation of HRT. So I would like to see that to be seen as a, a comprehensive medical exam by a GP. But in terms of continuing care and supply of medicines, perhaps, you know, beyond the normal six-month time frame, that is where the pharmacist comes in, or in the case of supply issues, which we have seen in particular with HRT in the last number of years, that pharmacists would be able to work within a substitution protocol to provide continuity of care for the woman in the case of a shortage of their prescribed medicines. So that you would have the power to give them an alternative, be it a generic or something slightly different? Yeah, or something with an equivalent um, status, something with equivalent bioavailability that would have the same positive impact on her health when there is no other option available. And Gabby, just to clarify with you from The Independent, that is something that Stephen Donnelly is now looking at, is it? 
Yes, so he he is having a look at. Of course, we did see earlier in the year. You know, there's medicine shortages. Um, you know, for example, things like cowpaw. I remember we're, we're, we're going short on some uh, pharmacy shelves, and it, he is something that he is having a look at as part of these new legislation to put in um, new regulations, so that if there is medicine shortages, um, you know, medicine substitution protocols are put in place by whoever is the health minister at the time. Okay, and Kate O'Connell, are you having shortages at present? in important medicines? There's always a running list of shortages, but the the sort of um, major impact of shortages isn't as bad at this point in time, and we've managed to adapt um, within the system um, to to provide. The shortages aren't too bad at the minute, but there's always been a running list on the HPR website of shortages of medicines, and doctors are fully aware, and we work with them, with their community pharmacists and doctors work together to provide substitution. Kate O'Connell, pharmacist, and Gabia Gadafikechia from The Independent, thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.